With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. Now make sure you say my name right. It's See, I talk about things other people are scared to talk about, what they're afraid to say. When I walk into the building, you know what they whisper to each other? Be <laughs> Now you tell me, you want those pretty lies, or you ready for the ugly truth? Let's get it. This is Robert Littal from BlackSportsOnline.com, and you're listening to the Ugly Truth Podcast, where I don't tell you those... Pretty lies. I tell you the ugly truth about what's going on in the world of sports, entertainment, and viral news. I apologize. I know you haven't gotten podcast for a little bit. Um, in the midst of uh, wedding planning, it's a lot more than what I thought it was going to be. I will be honest with you. And between that and working on the site and getting ready to do the NBA Finals, I uh, haven't had time to do a podcast, but I'm here now. And that's all that matters. And we got a couple of things that I want to talk about. Uh, one is an exclusive. BSO exclusive. The other is just me kind of just talking. So we'll start with that one first. Drake! I thought I want to talk about Drake for a minute. Uh, because people were very upset that, you know, Drake was demonstrative on the sidelines and rubbing Nick Nurse's shoulders and whatnot. You know, Drake's an interesting character. I always say that one way you can determine how successful you are is the emotion that you get out of people. The worst thing you can have in pretty much any business is indifference. I'm indifferent about it. I can go either way with it. You want people to be passionate about you, regardless if it's good passion or bad passion. That's what Skip Bayless is and Jason Whitlock's and Stephen A. Smith's and now, you know, the Max Kellerman's and the Will Cain's of the world's, you know, it's variations of it. But the theory is always I'm going to say something and you're going to have a passionate response to it. You have a passionate reaction to it. And that's going to make me more money, more famous, more successful. So with Drake, he's had, he's had that almost from the beginning of his career. It's like Drake is super, super famous, you know, but there's a contingent of people that hate the fact that he's super, super famous. <laughs> and, you know, just the way that he is, his actions, sometimes his songs, it's no different than an athlete that hits the highest levels, and then people want to pull them down, build them back up. Let's look at what they're doing to Steph Curry. Two weeks ago, we were all t- they were all talking about, oh, Steph Curry, you know, is not uh, 
a clutch playoff performer. Maybe he's overrated. Do we need to have a conversation about Steph? Two weeks later, it's like, ah, oh, Steph, the, the second best point guard of all time. That's how quickly things can change when people have passion about it. So the thing with Drake is silly to me. I don't think it's a, a big deal one way or the other. Now, if he want, I remember he tried to get in a fight with Kendrick Perkins. I mean, he's, he's out there, but that's just the way he is. That's just his personality. But I think, honestly, the, if you're the Bucks and you're worried more about Drake than you are about the Raptors, that's the reason you're down 3-2 right now. That's the reason I'm having to look for my passport and not really going to enjoy a four-hour flight from L.A. to Toronto on Air Canada and having to go through customs and all of that stuff. I don't want to do that. I really don't. It has nothing to do with the Raptors or Kawhi Leonard or the city or anything like that. It's just, what's the, what's the, what's the best way I can put this? Um, if I'm going through customs or I'm going international, I like to be a beach to be there. I like to be a, a nice drink waiting for me. Some tequila, maybe a margarita, maybe a mojito, Moscato, something. Yes, I, I drink Moscatos, not because I'm not fancy or anything or am fancy. It's just I like the taste. That's really all that matters to me. But, you know, going through customs to work is not necessarily the best thing. And if it is the Raptors that end up in the finals because they, they will have home court advantage, it's possible that you have to go back and forth a few times. Now, probably won't be as bad as when I went to the All-Star game in Toronto because there were so many... Uh, fans from you know other places coming and everything you know this is would be more localized so maybe it won't be as bad and if, if I recall it wasn't bad getting there from the local airport to Toronto getting through customs that wasn't awful getting back definitely was an issue <laughs> That definitely was an issue. Maybe I can get away without checking a bag or something. I, I have to figure it out. I haven't taken another airline besides Southwest since the All-Star game was in Toronto. So we have to see. We have to see what's going on with that. I think if you're the, if you're the Warriors, you would prefer the Raptors over the the Bucks because I don't know it's just the Raptors I mean it, it may I mean they do have more I would say veteran players more proven players than the Bucks and sometimes when you are a young team like the Bucks you gotta gotta go through these stumbling blocks we just have to see the Raptors don't have the type of history where you can say hey this game this, this series is over but we'll see all I know is if, if the Raptors do make the finals and Drake, it's going to – right now I think the story is funny 
and somewhat interesting. And we know the back and forth with Drake trolling the Bucks' daughter, the Bucks' owner's daughter. I, I think all that's fun and good fun and games. But what's going to happen is if the Raptors make the finals, then ESPN is going to oversaturate it and overdo it. There's going to be a Drake cam. Uh, that's going to be, you know, Drake interview spotlights. It's going to be a, it's going to be so extra because that's how they do things. And, they, you know, it's going to it's, it's going to take the fun out of them. That's what always happens. It's going to take the fun out of them. Sort of missing LeBron, to be honest with you. Are you missing LeBron as well? I don't know. I'm sort of missing LeBron. It's nothing against the Raptors or the Bucks. I don't know. It just. I don't know, just there's a little bit of a sizzle factor missing. You know, I think sometimes you want a little dysfunction in the NBA finals. And you maybe would have got that with the Sixers or the Celtics, but you know, it's just the Raptors and the and the Bucks. No offense though. No offense. Okay, moving on to the BSO exclusive. Had an interesting conversation yesterday with Arian Foster. Former Texas Texans uh, running back. He invited me on his his podcast. Now you know me. Um, never want to shy away from talking about or talking to people uh, that I've written about in the past or who may have issues with me and whatnot. No, no issues with that. Never had an issue with that. Always will accept the invitation. Never run away from it. Um, once again, he has he contacted me, um, asked me to come on his show, and that was fine. So went down to uh, to Hollywood, went to go do the show. As always, with me, never personal, never personal. You know, there are certain people that I dislike in this industry. There are certain players that I dislike that I would declare that. Up front, if I had to debate Will Kane, I would let him know I didn't like him. If I had to debate Clay Travis, I'd let him know I didn't like him. Um, those are for more racial type of stuff. I think for the most part, even if there are certain things that I would say that you don't have to like the person to be professional. Like I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is a good person. For obvious reasons, but I can be professional around them. Um, there are several basketball players that I know aren't greatest people, but I can be professional uh, around them. And normally, I don't have, like I said, I don't have, I don't care enough to to make it personal. I have no beef with Arian Foster. Um, there are things that I've said about him in the past about being a fake intellectual and things like that, which. I told him in my older age that I'm not big on name calling. Now, I did tell him that I think there's a difference between calling someone a name and calling them a fake intellectual. He disagrees. That's fine. Even I gave I even, you know, conceded that point to him that, hey, I don't know him. You know, it's, it was just an opinion of mine. It was six, seven years ago. And I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings or whatever. So go on the show. And the show for, I would say, the first hour was, was perfectly fine. Um, 
we have some disagreements on on some things. He he's not a fan of media in general, just the way that media puts out stories, negative stories or or whatever. He thinks I'm doing a disservice to, you know, black men and all of that stuff. So you can listen to the podcast when he he releases it and you can make your own assessments about that. I'm actually here to talk about what happened in the second hour of the, well, maybe the the last 45 minutes or so. At that point, we did some back and forth. And, you know, for some backstory on this, uh, Foster, who was married with children, had an affair with some girl he met at the club, a stripper or something like that. And she got pregnant. He didn't think he was daddy. It went to court. She ran to TMZ. The story was out there. We did the story, you know, and he's upset about that. Now, this is happening. This is six, seven years ago. It was like 2012, 2013. And he's still upset about it. And he feels that, and once we got to that, that, Second hour, the last 45 minutes is where he really started getting upset because he says that we as media, you know, are trash human beings for putting this information, you know, out there. And I'm a trash human being. He has no respect for me, would never shake my hand because we put these stories out there and it's hurting him and it's, it's, his kid is going to see it on the Internet at some point. And he got really, really upset. Like, you know, he went from having kind of a normal dialogue, a normal back and forth where we disagree to cursing and using the N-word a lot and calling me names and stuff. Now, this entire time, I'm totally cool with all of this. It's not the first time this has ever happened, you know, to me. Like, it's, it's not a big deal to me. Once again, not personal. I have nothing against him, so I'm not yelling and going back and forth with him. He's getting all up in a huff. And... That was his main premise, you know, that we're trash for, for doing this. And I'm trash because in his mind that, you know, I feel like because I do some positive things, which you guys know I do, that takes that that uh, absolves me from blame for the negative stuff. And he was upset that I agree with him in the sense that I do think media uh, can be. Uh, can put out, you know, hit pieces, can be overly negative, can focus on the negative, you know, too much. They can manipulate things. They can create false narratives. I agree with all that. We talk about we talk about that all the time. Now, do I put myself in that particular category? No. And when I said that to him, he would get upset. He'd get really, really upset about that, that I was able to make the difference. And what I was trying to explain to him was that The difference is when you're doing a story, right? Well, it's two things. First off, we have to live in a real world. Like this is not something that's been going on for the last two years or three years or five years. You know, throughout the history of our country, of our world, of our planet, from the time that someone's been able to tell a story, the drama has always superseded just your regular, everyday, generic story. You know, the the stories that they tell about Jesus, you know, they weren't all good. 
you know, depending on who was telling the story. You see what I'm saying? So it's, this is not new things that we're talking about. Now, he was talking about a utopia and an ideal world where I guess no bad things are ever talked about, no salacious things, no gossip is, is ever talked about in an ideal world. Um, one thing I've learned, I learned really early is that there is no ideal world. <laughs> the world we live in is not ideal. And he got really upset that I said that, yeah, you know, I do stories because I have bills to pay. It's a job. And for some reason, he couldn't grasp the concept that with a job, you know, you have to work. You have to do things that make you successful. Like, I'm sure he didn't like everything about the NFL. I'm sure he didn't like everything about the Texans or the owner and everything. But he went out there because he needed, he needed his check and he had to take care of his family. So he gets really, really upset about the fact that he says that I am uh, justifying what I do and it's terrible and you're the horrible people. And us, the media, are the reasons that the world is going to shit in the handbasket. And I kept telling him, no, that's that's not how it really works. I mean, first off, we have to deal with the reality of the situation is that if news is out there in public, which I've always told you guys, then to me, it's reportable. And you could disagree with should it be reported, but it's already been reported. Like There's nothing. Nothing that you could really do or say once it's been reported, as I explained to him, I'm like. It'd be one thing if you're yelling at me and I was the only one that reported on this. No one else knew about this except me. And I put it out there. And then when we, we, we Google your name, I'm the only person that ever comes up. I'm like, this came up, you know, in 30. If you put it in there, it comes up in 30 different sites. But you're yelling at me at the top of your lungs. You're cursing at me for whatever reason, because you have a personal vendetta. You're personally hurt by what, you know, you did. And he got really upset and everything. And it made me think of something that I think is very important to tell you guys, the audience, the readers or critics or whatever. First off, just like with the Drake thing, nobody's going to like everything that you do. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's, just, that's just how it is. If you're successful, everybody, everybody's going to not like what you, you do. You know, people aren't going to like BSO. People aren't going to like Stephen A. Smith. We're going to like ESPN. People are not going to like Fox. So, you know, just that's just how it is. That's just how it goes. It's just no one's going to like everything that you do. So you, you, you have to come to a point where you just have to do you and whatever you're comfortable with. The second thing, and I think this is very, very important, and it's something that I thought was funny. I was, you know, I think me laughing at him was was making him more upset. But here's the thing. And I and I gave him this example when he was calmer. And I gave him the example of Aisha Curry. Because people say, you know, why is this news? Why are we reporting this? Leave her alone. And I and I've I've been telling people since that had came out about Aisha Curry a couple of weeks ago. Nobody was talking about Aisha Curry. Nobody was bothering with Aisha Curry. Nobody cared about Aisha Curry having a boob job. Nobody knew about that. Nobody knew about all of us, whatever situation, how she was feeling personally. She went on a public forum and spoke about this. 
gets millions of views. They promoted it. Just that part. They didn't promote any of the, you know, whatever, I guess, the positive parts of the, the interview was. They promoted that snippet. You know why? Because they wanted people to watch. They wanted people to talk about it. They wanted people to report on it. They wanted the attention. You can't blame the media for that. You can't say leave somebody alone that voluntarily put the information out there and then expect nobody to talk about it. So my point to him was, I hear what you're saying. That when a story comes out, of course, it gets exasperated and sent out by multiple sites, blogs, social media, whatever it may be. But the root cause is, and he kept comparing um, me to a crack dealer that, you know, I'm selling, you know, crack and drugs or whatever. And, you know, giving it, you know, even though I know it's bad, I'm giving it to the people. But the thing that he never grasped the concept on was, where did I get the crack from? You see what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? If I'm a dealer, right, I have to have a supply, a supplier, right? I can't just, you know, some people just make up crack, but I'm not like that. I have to have a supplier. I have to have someone to give me the crack to give to the people. Who's the supplier? Well, Arian Foster was the supplier because he did something. And he went on to say, well, you know, people make mistakes. Absolutely. A lot of people make mistakes, you know, running a red light and getting a ticket is a mistake. I've made tons of mistakes in my life. Hundreds, thousands of mistakes in my life. But one of the the gifts and the curse of being in the public eye, a celebrity, an athlete, is that if my neighbor, who is married with two kids, has a baby by his side chick that he met at the club, no one cares. Just his wife, maybe his friends and family, but nobody, no one on a grander scale, you know, cares. If Aria Foster does that, people are going to care. And that's why it's a story. And for whatever reason, he couldn't grasp that concept that it's not our fault. It's your fault. We wouldn't be talking if you hadn't did what you did. It wasn't like, like I said, it wasn't like he got a speeding ticket. You know I mean, you cheat on your wife publicly with someone that named your kid after the club that you guys were mad at. Come on, come on, man. Let's be realistic about this. That's a story. And when I presented him at the end of the podcast, I presented him with a, a scenario. Said, you know, Ezekiel Elliott gets in a little, you know, tiff in, in Vegas. I asked him. Why shouldn't I report it? Say, well, because he, I don't care. He doesn't care about it. It's BS. What does it matter? I say, well, maybe it matters, you know, to the Cowboys or the NFL who made statements about it. Is it not news? It's, it's gossip in nature, you know, girlfriend fight pushing thing. But is it not news? Should I not? So, so what about Robert Kraft? Should I, should I not talk about him either? And then the last and funny thing is we, we were trying to find a quote or something. When I put his name 
in, in BSL to try to look for this old story. And, you know, like the first 20 stories about him were mostly positive. So, but he's hung up on the one negative that he caused. And that's why I think a lot of athletes are, you know, you kept calling me delusional, but that's how they're delusional. Like, your bad behavior is what puts this out there. If there was no no bad behavior, then there wouldn't be a story. If you didn't get the chick pregnant, it wouldn't have been a story. Or if you got her pregnant and she just was, you know, quiet about it, there wouldn't be a story. If you don't hit your girlfriend, it's not a story. If you don't get a DUI, it's not a story. If you don't date a Kardashian-Jenner, it's not a story. This, these are only stories because of the situations that you put yourself into. If you don't go on TV shows so you need attention from other men, it's not a story. You control your narrative. When the last time we did a story about Savannah James? You see what I'm saying? When the last time we did a story about, about her? You control your narrative. Don't blame the media. Yes, the media is jacked up. And it will twist and turn and do all of these type of things. But don't be upset when you're the one that caused it. And don't get mad at me. And say that you don't respect me and say that you're not going to shake my hand and be all up in a huff and say, oh, I can beat your ass right now. No, come on, man. Let's be real. Like I said, I just was laughing. I thought the whole thing was, was funny. I thought the whole thing was funny how upset he got. And I think he was just more upset with himself, but he was taking it out on me, which is fair. Take out your frustration on me. I can take it. He, de- he didn't believe that when I made a point. I said, the difference between me and all of these other websites or whatever is that anything that I say, I'm willing to talk about face-to-face. Now, he says it's not the same. He says it's the same. So you're still a troll. You're still such and such. You just talk to me. You can talk to me in the face about it, which I think is stupid. It doesn't even make any sense. The whole aspect of being a troll is that you're not, you know, you're hiding. I'm not hiding. I'm right here. I don't have any problems with anybody. I've been doing this for a decade plus. You think Arian Foss is the first person to be upset about something that I've said or did? And then I tried to tell him that. I said, but the thing is, I talk to you. I try to see your perspective. And I do these interviews with people that obviously got issues with me. And I can tell that they have real personal feelings about it, and it bothers them that I don't really care. I don't know if they expect me to turn into some sort of groupie or to, you know, all of a sudden act like cop please or whatever. I'm not sure exactly what they want from me. Like I said, I I apologize for calling them a fake intellectual because I do say that I'm not big on name calling. So I take, you know, I'm not above saying I'm sorry about something. Now, granted, he was trying to talk like he was like super smarter than me, but whatever. He, I, I gave him that point. But overall, like I told him, I said, I can apologize for saying that. I don't apologize for writing an article. 
And if you did something tomorrow, I'd write the same article. Just maybe with some different terminology. So I don't know what they expect. I don't know what these athletes and entertainers that come on and yell and scream and curse at me when we're supposed to be having a dialogue. You never see me curse. Never see me raise my voice. Never see me cut anybody off. You know, he's calling me corny and a little boy and all this like stuff. And none of that stuff bothers me. Like I'm grown. You, you, as soon as you get down to that level, then all of a sudden to me, you, you're losing the, the dialogue. We're not talking anymore. You're just venting. And I like to talk to people. I like to hear, you know, the so, so, you know, maybe you say something. I'm like, hmm, maybe, um, you know, I can implement that going forward. But if you're just going to yell and scream and, N-word this and N-word that and you not real and blah blah blah. Come on. That's that's silly. We're we're grown, man. You just just talk like a normal person. This is not it's not that hard. We're not battling. It's not battle rap. But I just wanted to address it. I thought it was actually I thought it was funny because he was really upset. <laughs> Like I, you know, I was like, well, how, you know, good luck to you and everything. Um, you know, you know, I still promote it, no problem. Because even though you say how you want your stuff promoted, and it's not gonna get numbers without me, that's why you had me on. It's all good. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook Black Sports Online, YouTube, Instagram BSO TV. I'm out.